So how many Balrogs can you buy for a billion dollars, Taylor? Because this Amazon Lord of the Rings series is going to be a lit. Dude, I am so psyched for it. But are Balrogs more than one dude? I don't even know. I, I know uh, so, a lot about Lord of the Rings, but I don't know about them. Yes, there used to be several, but I actually think I may have misspoke. I'm sure some of our Tolkien nerds out there will correct <laughs> us. But I believe actually the Balrogs were uh, prominent in the first stage. This series is set in the second age. So maybe we will not be seeing... As many Balrogs, you know, Gandalf labels him. It's a Balrog of Morgoth. Morgoth's really more of a first age thing. Yeah. I think that's probably more of it. But the point is, Jeff Bezos is going to shell out as much money as it takes to make a cool Lord of the Rings series. Is it going to be good? Is it going to suck? I don't know. Have you ever heard of a show beginning with five guaranteed seasons before ever? No. Like, they're no, literally, they bought all five seasons. It is no. not going to go less than five, which is... Amazing. I mean, as as Lord of the Rings dudes like we are, that's I, I'm I'm stoked for it. I think that they're putting a lot of money into it. There's a lot on the line here. You know, living up to Peter Jackson is very hard to do. That was basically three perfect movies and and the know, Hobbit. And the Hobbit, but you know, the 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 Lord of the Rings trilogy stands at its moments, stands above everything else. And to put that into a TV show for us to consume for what will probably end up being something like 50 hours of TV. They said the pitch, the original pitch was a 50 hour pitch. So like sign me the fuck up. Now I am a little bit concerned because I know you and I read the same vanity fair article today. If you haven't read it, Lord of the Rings journals, check it out. Did you see who they hired to run this show? <laughs> I saw that they talked to Brian Cogler from Game of Thrones. Oh, but Brian Cogler is there to supervise yes. the two showrunners who, who have no experience running Never. a show. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, D D and D. Yeah, yeah. David Benioff and DB Weiss. So the thing about them, the the Game of Thrones. Uh, I was going to call them. I don't know what to call them anymore. I mean, no, they, were, they were the showrunners, but right. I mean, but like they, they also were they the, ran the show at all into the ground. Into the ground. But but they were great with source material. When they had text to go off of, they uh, the first four to five seasons of, of Game of Thrones are the, some of the best TV ever ever made. And then as soon as they ran out of source material, that's when things went to the ground. And I think with Lord of the Rings, you know, you're you're kind of looking at a similar situation where these guys, the reason that Bezos went to them for this project was because they had the the knowledge, they had the Tolkien knowledge to go in and to speak to everything, every detail of this of this story and that's really what you need you need someone that knows the story first and they can figure out with a billion dollars i could make a, a award-winning television show with a billion dollars i mean it's not that hard you just have to have to know what you're doing and i think they might do i think they might know i don't know a billion dollars is so much money you could buy two patrick mahomes with that money Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. It is the week of the big game. Ah, oh, well, let's just say it. It's the Super Bowl this <laughs> Sunday. The Chiefs are not in it. It's a bummer. I'm Austin. Here with me 
is the uh, third runner up in the Pro Bowl punt pass kick skills competition of podcasting co-hosts. That's Taylor Witt at Taylor underscore Witt. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, it's uh, it's the start of season five on It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. And that's because season one was the offseason after the Super Bowl. Season two was the 2020 season. Three was the offseason. Four was the 2021 season. So we are now in season five of our show. And, buddy, we are still killing it. We're still killing it, but I got to say it is a little hard for us to be here this week. We're here because, you know, contractually we want to we want to bring you a fun DraftKings ad read and we want to get paid. <laughs> but uh, it's a little bit of a bummer because the Chiefs are not playing in the Super Bowl. My, you know, my zest for the Super Bowl, my desire to consume it is uh, it's not at an all time low, but it's uh, it's definitely not what it was the last couple of years. How could it be? I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs aren't in it and. That's a big, big bummer for people that, you know, this is our first show that we have ever done where the Chiefs are not defending AFC champions. Mm. And that's yeah. insane to me because yeah. this is episode number 101. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, your zest might not be there, but it'll be back next year when the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl and we will count down the days until then. Let me do the rest of our intro here. You can find me on Twitter at Real Bird Lawyer, him at Taylor underscore Wit. We're brought to you by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report, SI.com slash Chiefs, etc. At Arrowhead Report on Twitter, Pigskin Podcast Network at Pigskin Podnet, DadBot T, etc. So on and so forth. As you stated, this is episode 101. Episode 100 was last week, and we we are going to have a cool thing. We're going to have some of our past guests tweeting out a happy birthday message on Super Bowl Sunday. We obviously planned this, expecting the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. Woof. Would have been a lot cooler if they were. Episode 100 last week would have been a lot cooler if they were. But if you see any tweets with hashtag happy birthday IASIC, it's always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, please help us out on Sunday. Pop a retweet on there. Happy birthday to us. Woohoo! Let's talk about the So we have all of the coaching hires finalized. So I'm just going to breeze through those really quick. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the new ones. Uh, Bears hired Matt Eberflus, formerly of the Colts. Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. The New York Giants hired Brian Dable, not Brian Flores. The <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders hired former Patriots offense coordinator Josh McDaniels. The Vikings are going to hire Kevin O'Connell. I guess this one is not technically official yet because the Rams are still playing. He will be hired on Monday morning. The Jags, uh, breaking news last time we were recording this podcast, hired Doug Peterson, former Chiefs offense coordinator. The Dolphins hired biracial, or excuse me, multiracial Mike McDaniel. Uh, The Texans, in a shocking, stunning, hilarious turn of events, brought Lovey Smith out. uh, I mean, not out of retirement. He was their defensive coordinator last year. But my God, that beard, it looks like he's been growing it for for 30 (laughs) years. Since Uh, the first age. Since the first stage, exactly. Uh, Lovey Smith back as a head coach for the third time in the NFL. One of the only guys ever to do that, by the way. It's a it's a short list of guys that have had three different head coaching stints in the NFL. And finally, the New Orleans Saints hire their former defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Any thoughts on the head coaching hires now that they're all finalized? Yeah, there were some interesting ones. We briefly touched on Doug Peterson last week, but I do think that um, you know he's a Super Bowl winner, and I do think that the Jags were kind of they wanted to go from a guy that didn't have NFL experience to a guy that certainly had it and won the biggest game. And I I do think that that could work out. I was always kind of 
I thought Doug Peterson kind of got run out of Philly, not necessarily that he deserved to be fired. I think he seems like a pretty decent head coach. And Dolphins Mike McDaniel, I think he seems like a really likable dude. Uh, the players love him, or they loved him in San Francisco at least, and seems like that is a really big breath of fresh air for the Dolphins. Although, like we said, you know, Brian Flores would be doing a great job if he were still there, but since he's not. Um, Lovey Smith was interesting. The Texans move on from a 67-year-old head coach in David Coley and hire a 63-year-old coach in Lovey Smith. So, you know, they got younger, so they, they have that going for him. But, uh, you know, he's always been kind of a defensive-minded guy, obviously, as a DC. And the Texans, you know, they're all dependent on what happens with Deshaun Watson. He probably is not ever back in Houston, but that certainly could completely change that team's fortunes if something ends up happening and he could play again. And then the Saints with Dennis Allen, I mean, I think that was – did you see the quote that – what the the type no. of hire they were looking for? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, it was it, so good. It they was said we wanted someone with, coaching, with head coaching experience that understands the Saints culture. So everyone was like, okay, so you went into this thing looking for Dennis Allen, and boy, you found him. That's you really found good. Dennis Allen. Those one out thoughts. of one Dennis Allens are qualified for this job. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. It's an interesting cycle. Uh, the Texans going from old black man to old black man. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins hiring Mike McDaniel. I think that's a pretty interesting hire. Um, the guy's weighs, you know, 150 pounds soaking wet. He uh, yeah. made a joke about that in his opening presser uh, about his impressive physical stature. He played uh, wide receiver at Yale. So, you know. <laughs> Um, he'll be an interesting guy. And obviously coming from that, uh, Shanahan tree, we've got more Shanahan coaches. You've got Kevin O'Connell, you've got Mike McDaniel, you've got Nathaniel Hackett and Brian Dable isn't really quite in that same tree, but you've got three new head coaches that are bringing in that same Shanahan McVay, uh, you know, Kubiak tree, um, into the NFL and that, that seems to be kind of the scheme that's taking over one name that is not on this list. Unfortunately, as we all know, is Eric B who did interview uh, for the Saints job late. He was their last candidate. They did have the Rooney rule satisfied at the point that they brought him in. So they did not need to bring him in as their token African-American hire to fill their quota. Um, and he was, but he was one of the last people named in the process. And this has been a, sort of a weird coaching cycle. We sort of breezed past it with Lovey Smith, but like Lovey Smith literally didn't even interview for the job no. until like five weeks into their coaching search after they reportedly already had like a couple of finalists, including Josh McCown. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, Lovey Smith. Uh, sure, come on down. And then the next day, Lovey Smith was the head coach of the Texans. Just a, a very bizarre process. Um, Eric Bieniemy does not get the job. And in fact, Eric Bieniemy is now uh, no longer under contract with the Chiefs. This was the final year of his deal as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. The Chiefs do want him back, but the Saints are rumored to be interested in him as an offensive coordinator. So would Eric Bieniemy, Taylor, be better off stepping out of Andy Reid's shadow and going to call plays for the Saints. It's funny because on the surface of that question, it seems like the answer would be no because he's familiar with Kansas City and they obviously have all the pieces on offense to make his quarterback is good. Patrick Mahomes his and quarterback not is Patrick Mahomes. He's whoever got the Saints quarterback Kelsey. is going to be. <laughs> right, unless it's Aaron Rodgers, it's definitely, you know, they're they're not going to be uh nearly that potent on offense. So, you know, the job, if you're just talking about which job is better, the OC of the Chiefs or the Saints? The answer seems to be the Chiefs. However, that hasn't helped EB for the last four years. It doesn't matter if he heads one of the most historic offenses in NFL history and scores points left and right and all that stuff because of whatever, you know, the reasons happen to be that he's 
gone for and not gotten, I think, 15 or 16 head coaching gigs in his time as offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. You know, it might just be that every single person when he interviews thinks that Andy Reid runs stuff. They might just all not believe him that he I don't know. I don't know how how he's gone this long, but just because of some kind of fresh perspective and see him in a new situation and see how he does. You know, I mean, I I think if I were advising him, I probably would advise him to go to New Orleans. You know, it it would be a bummer for the Chiefs if yeah. uh, I mean, we obviously want him to get a job um, strictly from a competitive angle. It would be a bummer if he went to the Saints and then got a head coaching job and they got two third round draft picks for right. you know him going from offensive coordinator of the Saints to head coach Jeez. in the NFL after that the Chiefs you know bad. put him in a position to get hired four years running and nobody pulled the trigger on it. I, I think you know he obviously he's from that area, um, certainly is familiar with it, and with Dennis Allen as the head coach, you know he certainly would have the opportunity to be more involved in the calling of the offense and even in the design of the offense than he would be in Kansas city where he's always going to be playing second fiddle to Andy. But um, yeah, it's an interesting situation. I, I think the fact that he hasn't already re-signed as offensive coordinator of the chiefs does certainly suggest that he's going to take his time and seriously consider whether, you know, sure. moving on might make the most sense for him. Um, whatever happens, obviously we, we hope for the best for EB. He certainly deserves the opportunity if he does leave the Chiefs are rumored to be interested in bringing back Matt Nagy, the former coach of the Chicago, I almost said the Bulls, but obviously sure. the Bears, you Might know, well Chicago, Chicago, exactly, Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bills, whatever. <laughs> uh, as offensive coordinator, he obviously was the Chiefs offensive coordinator most recently in 2017. He was not ever an offensive coordinator for Patrick Mahomes. Um, in fact, Andy Reid in the one game in 2017 where Patrick Mahomes made his debut, Andy Reid was the one calling the plays. They are also rumored to be interested in uh, Kentucky offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach Liam Cohen per Aaron Wilson. And Aaron Wilson does uh, does good work. Um, so Liam Cohen, be honest with me. Have you ever heard of Liam Cohen before? Nope. nope okay. not. So let me give you the rundown on Liam Cohen. I, I did a little digging on him today. So he's 36, and I can't find the connection here to Andy Reid. You know, a lot of guys that Andy brings in are obviously guys that he's either played for him or – you know, have coached for him or at least have coached for one of his guys, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Um, a lot of the guys, yeah. a lot of the guys in the tree have had some connection with Andy in their playing career, or their coaching career previously. Can't find that for Liam Cohen. He's 36 years old. He played quarterback for four years. He was a four-year starter at the University of Massachusetts from 2004 to 2008, where he wore number 12 to honor his favorite quarterback, Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, he coached collegiately from 2010 to 2017, various stops. And then he spent some time with the Rams from 2018 to 2020, first as their assistant wide receivers coach, and then he was their assistant quarterbacks coach before he took this job with Kentucky. And, you know, obviously Matt Nagy, I mean, I, I get why the Chiefs would be interested in bringing him back. He's an Andy guy. Wasn't super impressed with what he did in Chicago, but then again, you know, consider obviously the material that he had to work with. Um, yes. On the other hand, this Liam Cohen thing kind of intrigues me, and I'll tell you why. He his NFL pedigree and the only NFL organization that he's ever worked with is the Rams and the Rams do things pretty differently from the chiefs offensively. The way that an a Sean McVay offense runs is pretty different from a way that it, the way that an Andy Reid offense runs. And I'm very interested in the idea of bringing in a guy from a different offensive background to sort of supplement Andy Reid's knowledge and system. Sure. And 
that's not to say that Andy Reed, I'm sure if Andy Reed wanted to go out and, and call a Shanahan offense, I'm sure he could do that. Right. He's never done it. He's, he's runs a West coast offense, but I'm really intrigued by the idea. And I, I, I can't stop thinking about it since the chiefs disappearing act offensively in the second half against the Bengals, that maybe what the chiefs want to do here long-term is just have an everything offense, right? It's not, yeah. it's not just the Andy Reed system that he's run for, Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith and now for Patrick Mahomes with, you know, obviously it's a different offense than what the Chiefs ran in 2017 when Alex Smith was the quarterback, but it still is at its core, the same offense. They run a lot of the same concepts. And in fact, Eli Apple, who we'll talk about later, oh yeah, really roasted the Chiefs this week and said, like, we knew what they were going to call. This is what they run. We knew they wanted to pass the ball because they have Patrick Mahomes. And it was just a question of us being able to beat their guys to the spots that we knew they wanted to throw the ball. And I, I wonder, this is reading a lot into it, obviously, but I wonder if because they know the quarterback is going to be here for 10 years mm-hmm. and because it's Patrick Mahomes and he has the skills to run any kind of offense, I really wonder if they are seriously considering bringing in some concepts from other offenses. You've seen Dallas in particular is probably the best example with um, with Kellen Moore. Yeah. They've really borrowed concepts from a lot of different offenses. Uh, but you're trying to tell me that Dak Prescott can can do that, but Patrick Mahomes can't? Come on, of course he could. I certainly, mean, like it seems like a long play. Yeah, and certainly the talent will allow the Chiefs to do it. It's really more about what they're comfortable with doing, what and specifically and really only what Andy's comfortable with doing. And I do think that he should recognize at this point that his offense is the most scrutinized offense in the NFL. It is the most studied. It is the most copied. It is the most game planned for. It has to be. It's been the most successful, and that's what success breeds. And in order to stay one step ahead, he's got to bring in someone that doesn't think like him. He just has to. He has to to give wrinkles that other teams couldn't see coming and couldn't game plan for. And they just needs to be more voices in the room at this point in the evolution of the chiefs as a franchise. And it doesn't mean that what Andy is most skilled at, which is designing plays and scripting a drive and, and, you know, analyzing the opponent defenses, like he still brings all that to the table, but the actual, the actual running of the offense. And again, some of this is muddied by us not really knowing what it is Eric Bieniemy has done and what right. all he's been involved with. And maybe the offensive coordinator for the chiefs is just the title. And maybe they do other stuff that has nothing to do with, you know, the game on Sunday, but they, you know, Andy certainly needs to recognize that other teams are going to do everything they can to stop his offenses. And it doesn't really matter how comfortable he is with his own scheme and his own Andy Reed West coast situation that Other teams are trying to beat that now, and he needs to think outside the box. And bringing in a 36-year-old that doesn't have a long pedigree in the NFL that people can't go back and watch tape from him from 2000, you know, 1999 through now, it's really, really helpful, you know, just to get a fresh face in there and to get somebody fresh ideas. Maybe, maybe this guy's played some Madden and knows how to call timeouts. I don't know. It's (laughs) it's definitely it's definitely intriguing to me and definitely more intriguing. Than Matt Nagy, nothing wrong with Nagy. And if they hire Nagy, I'll be fine with it. But like this definitely, you know, this could have some juice if they bring Cohen in. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, we're going to get into, speaking of juice and coaching changes, 
We're going to talk about another coaching change here in just a second, but I have some breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, the NFL Rookie of the Year voting just came out. Okay. And Jamar Chase won with 42 votes. Damn it. And I was hoping you were going to say Creed snuck it. Mac Jones got second with five votes. Mm-hmm. But guess who finished third, baby? Creed Humphrey! Two votes! Yeah. Man, he was a dude this year. Um, I'm honestly stunned and amazed and so appreciative and thankful that Creed Humphrey got two votes for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That is huge. Rashawn Slater is the only other vote getter. He got one vote. Sorry, Chargers. <laughs> we have the best rookie offensive lineman. His name's Creed Humphrey. He got two votes. Man. Boom. Yeah, that's great. Love it. Let's talk about changes to coaching staff. So the Chiefs hired Joe Cullen as their new defensive line coach with Brendan Daly moving to linebackers coach. Joe Cullen, for those of you not familiar with him, most recently served as defensive coordinator of the Urban Meyer Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, which obviously uh, did not go well, ill-fated. But he has been an NFL defensive line coach specifically almost continuously since 2006. Okay, so we're talking 16 years of almost continuous NFL defensive line coaching. This was his first year as a defensive coordinator last year, and he spent 2009 with Idaho State as a defensive assistant. Every other year in there since 2006, he has coached NFL defensive line. On the flip side, uh, Brendan Daly is moving to linebackers coach, which he has never coached at any level. <laughs> so uh, interesting, uh, interesting situation here. We we're just talking about shaking things up. This is a big shakeup. Yeah, it is. And I like I like bringing in Colin. I think a guy that was a defensive coordinator to come in and just focus on the D-line. The D-line is obviously a area of struggle for the Chiefs the last couple of years and obviously needed a fresh look on that as well. Um but clearly, you know, just because they're bringing Colin in uh to look at the D-line, they still like Daly and they still think that he's a you know, a good influence on the team. And so moving him to linebacker coach, I don't know, you know, some linebackers can put a hand in the dirt and now they're defensive ends. I mean, I don't really think there's, you know, a ton there that he needs to really, that he wouldn't know football about what linebackers do, even if he has been the D line coach, clearly there's a lot of overlap among those two position groups. It's not like he's moving from, you know, D line to wide receivers or something like that. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I think any type of coaching shakeup, for the Chiefs, that's not Andy Reid leaving is probably good news at this point. And really, I think I'm in the minority of people or of Chiefs fans that are comfortable with Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, maybe not a big minority, but I, I certainly think that there are a lot of people out there that were frustrated with Spags this year. I don't count myself among them. I think that the defense pretty much played, you know, up to about the level that. I was hoping they would play to sure. They had some struggles, but every defense in the NFL has struggles. It's really, really hard to have a dominant defense in the NFL. Offenses are too good. There's too much talent. It just, you know, people that go out there and they expect if your defense isn't the 85 bears, someone's got to get fired. Like that's just not really how the NFL works these days. So I'm comfortable with Spags and I'm comfortable with Andy and outside of those two, if anything else wants to, if they want to change anything else, I'm on board. Yeah. Perfect. So one final bit of news, and this was a really interesting one. The NFL officially announced yesterday that Deutschland, Germany, will be hosting an NFL game in 2022. So starting this year and each of the next four seasons, the game is going to be played at FC Bayern's stadium in Munich. I hopefully pronounced that correctly. Not a big uh, Bayern a lot. 
Bayern. Okay, yeah. Bayern. I said Bayern. Whatever. You know, it's it's cool, guys. Don't watch a lot of soccer food. fans are going to don't watch out, a lot yeah. of football. Sorry, yeah. uh, that's fine. Come up, come at me in my mentions, and then I'll block you because <laughs> soccer's for nerds. It's fine. In Munich, and uh, there's a good chance the Chiefs are going to be one of the two teams playing there. The Chiefs, as you will recall, we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, but the Chiefs are one of four NFL teams with international rights to Germany, which means they get to market there and you know hang out there. Uh, the other three are the Patriots, the Carolina Panthers, and the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will play the Chiefs next year, or I should say this year, 2022, next season, as their 17th game. It may not have the sizzle that it would have had with Tom Brady being gone, or is he? But surely the NFL would love to see Patrick Mahomes conquering Europe. Yeah, I mean, he's the biggest draw in the sport. And to bring him over to an NFL or to a, you know, an NFL fan base in Europe that's starving for superstars, because really, honestly, the the London game hasn't exactly drawn the best of the best as far as, you know, (laughs) the teams go. And and that's partially because the team has to give up a home game. And if you're a if you're a hot team in the NFL, you're probably not, you know, super into the idea of giving up one of your home games. But I do think that if the NFL is serious about, you know, expanding their global brand, you've got to do it with guys like Patrick Mahomes. He's got to yes. be the, the ringleader in Europe. He's got to be the guy that goes over there that sells out a stadium and, and lights up the scoreboard and does cool shit. Like the last time cool stuff happened in London, it was like, I, I don't even, rem- I don't even remember. I guess that Jaguars didn't the Jags win one in London on like a walk-off field goal. I think they did. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They did. But, but I mean, that's a low bar. For that's cool not, stuff. that's not cool. That's just like happening. Sure. That's football. Yeah. It so, was, it was a close game. So, it, you know, it was, so that's definitely a good plan on the NFL's part. <clears throat> and now I'm going to read a script that's not in our show notes. That's just <laughs> available to myself. Okay. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to one odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million in top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y at 467-369. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday this week, Taylor. Um, Super Bowl is on Sunday. It's in Los Angeles. The uh, Los Angeles Rams are at home. They're playing in a home Super Bowl because that's a thing now. Um, That's just what we're going to do from now on. That's just what we're going to do from now on. Who gets it next year, Vegas? Uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> well, that seems pretty safe. There goes the two year streak. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, we need to get that, uh, we need to get that rolling roof built. Uh, maybe when we get a downtown stadium and we knock Kaufman down RIP, <laughs> um, Rams are at home. 
for the Super Bowl. They're facing the Cincinnati Bengals, AFC champions. And the Rams are minus four in this game. Um, We've already sort of teased that we're, you know, not super, not super hyped, not super into it. I have not watched really any Super Bowl coverage at all. Um, I have not really read any Super Bowl coverage at all. So um, I just, uh, I'll ask you, like, what are you, what are you watching for in this game? Well, uh, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that I will be watching this game. I'm kind of, kind of. You're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. But like, I'm really not into it like at all. And there are many reasons for that. Of course, still hurts, still stings. You know, I had a dream last night that the Chiefs got a second chance somehow in the playoffs, even Mm. though they lost, that there was like a a team dropped out, like 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 something something happened. And we were playing the Bengals in L.A., for a chance to play the Rams in oh, Kansas like City for the game. Super Bowl. Sure. Which That's was cool very dream. bizarre. It was a cool dream. Cool. And, you know, I, I don't even know what happened at the end of the dream. But clearly won, my brain. won the Super Bowl is what happened, I'm yes, sure. Yes, clearly my brain, even while I'm asleep, is trying to process what happened and trying to fit it together in a reality that I understand, which is the Chiefs playing for the Super Bowl. So it was just trying to, you know, put some stuff together. But I think in this game, what it all boils down to for me is that, I need the Rams to win this game Hmm. and I need it for a couple of reasons, mostly the Joe Burrow situation. It is dire. It's a, if if he goes four and O in his first playoff run and wins a Super Bowl in his second year after being drafted number one overall to the fucking Bengals. That's the other thing. It's like, it's not, he didn't get drafted to some team that was loaded. I mean, it's, you know, with like four playoff wins ever, ever. Like it's one of the most moribund franchises in NFL history. And he Mm -hmm. walks in and takes him to the Super Bowl. Like, honestly, he deserves to be the dude if he does that. He deserves yeah, everything I mean, that comes yeah. his way. Yeah. But I don't want it to come his way. I want it to come back our way. And that means Matthew Stafford, who's old and who toiled in Detroit for a decade and who seems cool. And, you know, the Rams have lost the last two times they've been to the Super Bowl, both against the Patriots. So they it's not like they're going out there winning Super Bowls left and right by any means. Um, they've got cool coaches, they've got cool players, they just are more likable. They're just more, I, I just, and it's not because the Bengals beat the Chiefs that I find the Rams to be more likable. I just think that they're, it's, it makes more sense to me in my brain for the Rams to win this game. Yeah, uh, same. I, um, that was going to be my next question. You kind of already segued into it. I just was going to say I'm kind of watching for snacks and, you know, <laughs> halftime show. I'm going to pig out. I'm I'll excited watch, about the halftime I'll show. watch the halftime show and I will eat snacks and I'll drink some beer and it'll be fine. It'll be a chill time. But I, I just like the whole experience of watching the Super Bowl has changed dramatically for me. Uh-huh. 100%. From three years ago when, you know, the Chiefs were, well, two years ago, the Chiefs were in it and won. And last year when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, I mean, like, I just, uh, and, it, you know, obviously losing you know, on the cusp of the Super Bowl, being ahead at halftime in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, of course that hurts. Um, that's a big part of it. But it also just comes down to, like, I mean, even if we had lost in the, the first round, I don't know right. that I would feel any differently about it. It just is like, I used to be really into the the pageantry of the Super Bowl 
And, you know, the whole idea of like, yay, football, this is football's big couple of weeks. And we're going to yeah. talk about how great football is. And here's two great teams, the two best teams of football. And isn't it cool and fun to celebrate these teams? No, it's not. No. Not for me anymore. Yeah. I just want to celebrate the Chiefs and I want everybody else. That's really what it's about. I really want everybody else to be forced to celebrate us. Right. And they're not forced to do that. And in fact, the exact opposite. They're 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 throwing dirt on us. They're talking they're, shit. They're, they're putting us in our grave. Eli Apple's out, you know, talking smack on us. You know how we beat the Chiefs and that dude sucks. You know, he does suck. We'll talk about him in a second. But for me, yeah, I mean, I think I I, I don't have a huge grudge against the, the Bengals, right? I don't. I, I certainly I, I certainly have more of a grudge against them now than I did two weeks ago. Sure, but I mean, like you said, you have to give Joe Burrow some props. The franchise had four playoff wins ever and in his second year he basically played what like seven games last year before he got hurt mm -hmm. and then in his second season he comes in and he you know goes three and oh in the afc he beats you know i mean the first two wins okay beating the raiders oh, beating oh, beating right. the titans fine right. but then to beat the chiefs and i understand i mean really the, the Bengals defense beat the chiefs the chiefs beat the chiefs the chiefs but, beat the chiefs still yeah the guy's got swagger they're a cool team they've got some cool players they've got some jerks that's every team but you know, Matt Stafford, give me Matt Stafford winning a Super Bowl championship. Uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the fallout from that trade, the takes from that trade were were crazy. And then for the Rams to, you know, add Odell Beckham, which they didn't have to give anything up to sign him. He was sure. a free agent. But, you know, Von they went Miller. out and yeah. paid quite a bit for Von Miller, who yeah. I also enjoy, you know, despite it being a former Bronco. Um the Rams do just have, they've got a lot of cool players. Obviously, Aaron Donald, you know, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Love Aaron Donald. Would be cool if he won a ring. It's going to be cool to watch Aaron Donald against, you know, the defense or the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, maybe uh, Chris Jones can uh, can take down some pointers. Uh, uh, I saw yeah. this poll earlier. Would you rather, in, in the offseason, if you had your choice between these two players as a free agent signing for the Chiefs, Vaughn Miller or Odell Beckham Jr., who would you like more? Hmm. It's a really good question. Um, I think that I think the answer is probably Von Miller. Um, really? Mine's okay, well, good. We're on opposite sides of this. This was unscripted and, and yeah. I'm glad that we have different conclusions. So for me, I mean, the defensive line is going to need some help and mm -hmm. it's going to really need some help at edge rusher. And, and Von doesn't solve that long-term. I mean, you're probably looking at Frank Clark, gone we hope and pray that that's the case uh you're probably looking at like von miller and melvin ingram as like your edge rushers right. and that's like a you know a wet dream from five years ago I yeah mean, right, right now sure. right now they're both good players you wouldn't probably want to rely on them for the entire season they're old they're they're probably i mean melvin ingram especially has been fairly injury prone throughout his entire career but I mean, you have to get the pass rush help from somewhere. I think Von Miller is still a, a good player when he's healthy. And I think he probably does more to fix an area of need than Odell does. So for me, I look at a Von Miller signing as a lot like Terrell Suggs, where, you know, he's a dude that balled out of control for a long Won time. Won a Super Bowl with Terrell Suggs. Exactly. I know for sure. And Suggs was good. I mean, he definitely, when he came in, had some pop and and gave the defensive line, you know, another extra veteran body and made some plays and was fun. And to me, Odell, and especially given how he's shown out in L.A., it'd be one thing if 
they signed him and then he was just kind of middling around and doing what he did in Cleveland. And like, you know, that'd be one thing, but like, he's been really good in LA. And I think that if the chiefs are going to achieve, you know, the mountaintop, if they're going to get back to where they're winning the Super Bowl. I just think they need to give their offense a shot in the arm. They need to give the offense another level up. And I don't know if I don't know if the wide receiver situation is easily solvable without a big name free agent. And you know, now if you told me, and that's the other thing, of course, this is in a vacuum, Odell or Sean. But if we said, okay, we're going to get Von Miller and then we're going to go sign Allen Robinson and, you know, give me some other names on, on the wide receiver position, sure, that all works out. But I just think if if I have to have one of them, I would like to shore the wide receiver up and figure out the pass rush as opposed to shore the pass rush up and figure out the wide receivers. So I got to talk one other Super Bowl narrative before we close this out with our predictions for the game. And that is... Okay. The one person in this game that I am rooting to see fail, and it's Eli Apple. Yeah. Because listen, we can talk about Joe Burrow being carried by the Cincinnati defense to the position that he's in, because let's face it, Chiefs should have been up 28 to 10 at the half, or at least 24 to 10 at the half, or 28 to 3 at the half, you know, whatever. The point is, the Chiefs were in position to win that game. And you know, Eli Apple's out here talking smack on pretty much everybody he can talk smack on. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, whoever. Patrick Mahomes, you name it. Right. Eli Apple is not. Sucks. He's not good. And, you know, burnt the, toast. the Chiefs deserve that smack talk on some level. But I also don't like it when players who aren't good get to talk smack on us yeah so that is my number one rooting interest in the super bowl it's to watch cooper cup and odell beckham and van jefferson put a clown suit on eli apple that's it how about zach taylor and sean mcveigh you know zach taylor was sean mcveigh's dude and basically a lot of people made fun of him for getting the job because when he walked in he basically you know the the story goes that he said like oh i know sean mcveigh and they're like okay you're hired like it was very you know i've been photographed with him before and they're like that's all we need we just need someone who like can get his essence so i mean it's fun that that coaching tree that mcveigh you know influence clearly i mean both these teams are meeting in the super bowl i just think it's a McVeigh is a very interesting guy to me for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, maybe the number one is that this is now his second Super Bowl. He's very young. And, you know, he's got a protege that's meeting him in this Super Bowl. Like, I think he knows what the hell he's doing. I think he's got a really good grip on offense and a really good uh, perspective on how to run a football team. And if he wins a Super Bowl here, which, you know, the freaking Patriots beat him 13 to 3. Uh, in 18 and I always felt like you know the Rams deserved that Super Bowl that was the same year that they you know put up 54 on the Chiefs but um yeah I would like Sean McVay to win a Super Bowl like it too and I I have to amend this situation as well in addition to Eli Apple I'd actually kind of like to see Zach Taylor get a little get a little comeuppance as well because I don't think Zach Taylor is a very good coach and yeah it isn't just sour grapes yeah I don't think he runs a very cool offense I think it's a lot of Okay, Joe, you know, go out throw, and figure it out for us. You know, yeah, yeah, go out and uh, figure it out, you know, chuck it up to Jamar, whatever. Yeah. Let's make some predictions for this game that you're not going to watch and that I'm going to watch, but <laughs> but sort of just, you know. Have I to. mean, 
I think I'm going to go with a fairly high-scoring game, despite the Rams having a pretty good defense and, I guess, the Bengals' defense playing well recently. It's the Super Bowl. It's in L.A. It's in a dome. It's it's perfect weather. They said it's going to be 85 degrees to be the hottest kickoff in Super Bowl history. Um, I, think, I think points are going to be flying, and I think it'll be high 30s for both teams. I'm going to say 38-31 Rams over Bengals. I like that 38 score for the Rams. That sounds good to me. I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to hang. I don't think they're going to score 31. I'll go uh I'll go 38-24 Rams. Go Super Bowl, go football. It's always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom.
Are you going to copy it in? I'm just going to, when it's time for ad read, okay. I right. never, I never copied the ad read into our doc. You usually do copy it into our doc. No, I, I never have once done it. I literally can go look at our. I've never once done it. What? No, I always say ad read uh, like that. And then I, I pull up a PDF that. that they host on okay, their Google on, Drive, and on. I read it off that PDF. I gotta find a document. <laughs> I've never done it. You won't find it. It's not gonna happen. All right. I didn't find it in the last two, it's, so it's, it's not there. I just put ad read every time. <laughs> you make uh, no, never pretty... once seen those words written down ever. I I definitely have. No. Nope. Nope. Swear you to see God. What it looks like here. I'll show you what it looks like. I know what it looks like because I've seen it before. You don't. You've never seen it once. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> There's no chance. I guarantee you, you've never seen this thing. Huh? How could you? It's a PDF. I... You think I'm just like dropping the PDF? You're in our... copying from a PDF. I'm reading off of a PDF <laughs> that they give me. Huh? <laughs> here, here. Right. Okay. I'm sending you in G Chat so you can see what it looks like, so you can tell that you've never seen it before. I'm not bad. Boy. Don't believe you. Well, I definitely have never seen this before. No, that's what I read every time. But I definitely have seen the text that you read before. No. I don't know. Whatever. You're making it up. Let's, let's move You're past. You're having a hallucination. Let's, let's move past it. Oh, I'm way past it. Mm -hmm.